This is the Let's Talk Tribe Weekly Prospect Chat, recorded on July 20th, 2017. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and joining me as always on this Thursday evening is Let's Go Tribe Lead Prospect Writer, Brian Hemminger. Brian, what are we doing today? Well, today we'll be talking uh, the MLB Pipeline upcoming update. Uh, We'll be talking my players of the week, answering your questions, and a couple players returning from injury, so... Uh, excited to talk about that as well. So, a lot, a lot of stuff going on in the tribe system. Always exciting. This is the time of year we had. We covered a few of them last week, but where mid-season lists are coming out, more and more of them now. So, before we get into ones that actually exist, um, I want to know what you think of MLB pipelines coming up. I guess that's the most popular, whether it's right or wrong, but it's the one on MLB.com, so it's the one most people know. Um, MLB pipeline has not released their mid-season update yet, but mm-hmm. do you have any guesses to what they'll do for the Indians list when it does come out? Well, based on what everybody else has been doing, um, I would have to think that they'll be dropping Brady Aiken down the list. Um, And then based on what everybody else has been doing, when they announce their, like, MLB top 100, I'm thinking that Tristan McKenzie and Francisco Mejia are going to be shooting way up. Do you think we might see Bobby Bradley, too? Um, it depends. Um, you know, Bradley, I haven't really seen uh, if he's been jumping up or not, like in the other lists, I think. Uh, I mean, he moved up basically because of people graduating the list on, like, Baseball America, I think, had a top 100 that, that he was in, like, the, the 80s or 70s. So we'll see. I mean, I, I personally think his stock has risen this season because his strikeout rate has plummeted and his powers remained about the same. But we'll see what uh, the experts think of it. So then moving on to one that, of course, was released, Baseball America. They did their midseason. I believe everybody is out at this point. I know for sure the Indians are. Um, some kind of interesting things there that happened. you want to go through what happened with the Baseball America one? Yeah, I mean, it's compared to the list last year it's relatively the same i mean they basically they still have francisco mejia one they've got tristan mckenzie two they've got uh bobby bradley three and last year they had brady aiken four or no they have uh they had bradley zimmer in there too because for some reason their cutoff date was july 2nd and he was still qualified as a rookie or he at that point so um so We'll just kind of ignore that Bradley Zimmer's on the list because he shouldn't be anymore. Same with like Eric Gonzalez and Sean Armstrong, but um, uh, but the, the their big change was they had last year Brady Aiken was number four, and this year he's not even on their top ten. And then they uh, they included the Indians' first draft pick this year, Quentin Holmes, at like number eight, and they also added Greg Allen which much deserved, although Allen hasn't done anything really to deserve it this year because of uh, injuries. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was last year before we had the podcast or one of the earlier episodes, we talked about how Baseball America seemed to really like Brady Aiken, even though he hadn't done anything to that point, and now all of a sudden they don't. <laughs> I know we've mm-hmm. kind of made a thing out of it, we get a Brady Aiken joke every single week, like this week, um, at Hiram Boyd on Twitter, do you expect more out of him next year? Is this kind of indication that maybe Baseball America doesn't, or they're at this point just waiting for him to do something until he proves that he is worth a number four overall prospect? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're treading water. Um, I mean, when, what, what, what you want to see out of a good pitching prospect is that people are not teeing off on them and that they're striking people out and that they're not walking people. And guess what? Uh, Brady Aiken is giving up a lot of hits. He's walking more people, I think, than anybody else in the Midwest League, and he's not striking out people. But somehow, I still cannot possibly explain this, he's not giving up many runs. <laughs> he's like got his that ERA, yeah, his ERA just dropped to 3.98 on the season, and that is absolutely insane for how many base runners he's been giving up this year. And that's something I want to talk to him about pretty soon, so keep an eye out for that. Um, spoiler alert, but, uh, yeah, so there, there's still a lot, to, lot, lot of work to do with Aiken. I mean, he's still just, I mean, his last start, I think he gave up, what was it? Was it zero runs or one run? And then had four walks, four more walks. It was something crazy. So, low, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy still can't find his command. So you gotta that that that's definitely a reason for him to, for his stock to be dropping until he can figure that out. And I think you're underselling the walks in the Midwest League, as I mentioned it in the the recap today. He has 71. The next closest is 44. Yeah, number. It's he's almost it's double. A lot. He's walking a ton of batters. He said we've talked about it almost every week at this point where he's had games where he's walked eight or nine batters and still walked away with like two or three earned runs. So. Something he is doing. I don't know if he induces a lot of ground balls. I don't know. Maybe Lake County I, has a really good defense. Yeah. I, I, I watch some of the games where I see that he had a ton of base runners and didn't give up runs. Sometimes uh, runners are getting picked off. Runners are getting caught stealing. Uh, there there have been multiple double plays. So uh, I, I want to like go through like specifically every one of these games and seeing how, how he's pulling the Houdini act. <laughs> And then, of course, the the other big thing for Baseball America is Quentin Holmes, one of the Indians. Was he the first overall pick this year? Or was he the second? He was he was their first overall. Pick. And was, Freeman was the second, right? I always yeah. get them confused. So Holmes yeah, so is the one. Ball. Holmes is the one with the eighty grade speed. So that's the that's the way you remember. Is he's the center fielder with with the the, the top rated speed you can possibly have. He was the fastest guy in the the two thousand seventeen draft. Yeah, and I think it's pretty well established that Baseball America they like. The, the players who were just coming into the draft, the ones who were, were just coming out of the draft, they like the players in the lower end. I think they go more by ceiling than how close they're being ready. I've always got the feeling mm -hmm. that like MLB Pipeline and even maybe Baseball Prospectus, they kind of weigh it evenly. But Baseball America always seems to favor the Brady Akins, the Quinton Holmeses, who are all potential and so far haven't done a whole lot. I would say that MLB Pipeline favors top draft picks too more than like performance. Like they automatically had Will Benson and Nolan Jones as you know two of our top prospects just because they were our our top picks last year. Yeah, that's a good so. thing. I think about how quickly they always seem to go up there. I'm sure Holmes will be up there on the uh, that will be pipeline too when that comes out. Oh, for sure. And and I would definitely grade Tyler Freeman up there. I mean, he's been like 450 in the Arizona Rookie League right now, and and he's a pretty and he was our second round compensatory pick. So he was drafted like five spots after Holmes. Yep. So let's, let's talk about some of the good players over the last week. Uh, you're going to be posting your, as always on Friday, the player of the week post. So who do you got coming up for the, the best players in the Indian system this week? I don't have every player picked out, but one player 
that is absolutely 100% certain to be in my list will be Juan Hillman. He was absolutely sensational this past week. Um, he had two starts. The first start, he went seven innings and gave up one run. And then he pitched today, and he went eight innings, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts, four hits. Longest start of his entire career. And then uh, Ryder Ryan promptly came in and gave up three runs in the in the ninth <laughs> inning, and they lost. It was a one nothing game. So, uh, Juan Hillman, he has absolutely turned it around. Ten starts ago, his ERA was over eight. Now it's down to 4.7. Um, in his last, let's see, one, two, three, four. In his last five starts, he's gone seven innings or longer in four of them. And, I mean, he, he really, he's been sensational. So, uh, he's definitely turned the corner. Uh, recently. I mean, he's not striking out a ton of people. I think his season high is nine, but uh, that's not really the type of pitcher he is. He's more of a guy that, you know, has to have good command and pitch to to weak contact. And he's doing that very, very well right now. It feels so like his, his disappointment goes back to like mid-season of last year. Uh huh. Because he was so good to start and then he drifted off and then we thought maybe he'll be about five this year and then he was disappointed been the complete opposite of last year right, yeah. to be to be completely honest like last year he started amazing and he went like no runs allowed for like four or five straight starts uh he had like almost a 30 inning scoreless streak and then then he just fell off a cliff and just it got worse and worse as the season went on he had a really rough stretch he just you know got tired people were saying and then this year it's full season ball so now he's pitched uh let's see Last year, at the, in total, he pitched 63 innings, and he faded down the stretch bad. So this year, he's pitched 97 innings, and he's getting stronger. So whatever he did in the offseason, uh, his conditioning and durability is improved dramatically, and he is just getting better and better every start, which is really good to hear. Like, he could get promoted to, to Lake County soon if they, if they get a, a spot open, because right now he is – hands down, the, the best-performing pitcher in Lake County. So who else do you got besides Hellman, who's probably got to be one of the favorites, I would think, to win the vote. But who else is going to be annihilated by Juan Hellman in the in the poll? <laughs> uh, well, there's definitely going to be somebody. I think uh, Mike Poppy is making a, a good case for himself. He had some huge games this past week, hit some home runs. Um, I believe... Gavin Collins has a good shot of getting in there. And I'll have to do a little bit more research on a couple other people. But uh, those are the hitters I'm looking at right now. But um, a couple things could change. There's still some games getting played right now that could affect things. Like somebody has a monster game that could push them over the, the, the edge. I'd also like to note that I was watching the Rubber Ducks today. I didn't see if he actually did it or not, but like Poppy came up to bat. And this is one of the reasons I love minor league baseball. It's so weird. But if you got to hit a section of... Um, whatever the park is in uh, the Akron Park, they would get chicken biscuits if Mike Poppy got a hit. I didn't get a chance to see if he actually got the hit, but Mike Poppy might have won a lot bunch of people a chicken, a chicken bi biscuit. So maybe that's another reason to kind of bump him up a little bit. <laughs> I, I love minor league baseball for that kind of stuff. But one person you didn't mention, uh, Nelly Rodriguez, over the last week. Mm -hmm. Most people, maybe it was kind of just a whole hum good week, but he has been abysmal, and he 
his batting average, Brian, skyrocketed from 139 to 153. <laughs> I mean, he's had a hit in all but one game in the last week, a couple multi-hit games, so maybe this is... He had a multi-home run game. Yeah, he did, yeah. Still striking but, out a uh, lot, but he's gotten hits now, finally, which he's not done yeah. all season long, so... Maybe this is it for him, finally? Maybe, but he's also struck out in every single one of his last ten games. <laughs> Way to be a downer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been, like, the biggest thing that's plagued him all season is, you know, low contact rate, high strikeout rate. Uh, I watched him play. I watched uh, Columbus lose one nothing earlier this year, and he played a great first base, and he hit the ball relatively hard every time that he did the strikeout, but um, it's just been maybe like his just bat bip is insanely low, but I mean, he's also striking out over 40% of the time. So, but I will say that he is starting to, to hit the ball more. I think he's got a hit in, let's see, one, two, three, four, six of his last seven games, which is pretty good. So, um, if he has a huge game today, uh, today he went one for two with the walk. Um, I mean, he might make the list, uh, depending. He did have an 0 for 3 in there that could skew. I mean, if his average is like 370 or higher for these games, then I'll consider it. But I'll have to, I'll have to calculate it. This is kind of a natural segue into our social media questions this week, because one of the first questions is, again, from at here on Boyd on Twitter. He wants to know how far away is Bobby Bradley? I think we've talked about this maybe a little mm -hmm. while ago, but it's worth revisiting because maybe he's a little further along. So how close do you think he is to being on the Indians? I think he could be on the Indians next year. Like not to start the season because he hasn't played a triple A yet, but um, I could see him when the Indians are doing some September call-ups and stuff that he gets promoted to triple A. I mean, he's playing good enough that he, he could probably do it. And then at some point, well, actually, September calls is like when the minor league season's over, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. So. That's what that's usually what happens because okay. it's over yeah. and they expand the rosters and they bring them up. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can still see him getting maybe a late promotion to AAA. And then next year, he's going to be uh, basically, depending on how he performs, they're going to, they, they want to, after seeing what Nelly Rodriguez did this year, I mean, there was a chance that Nelly was going to be called up at some point this year um, if he had performed well, but uh, they're they're definitely going to see if if he handles AAA, and if he does, then he could get called up at some point next year, probably after the Super Two deadline, because uh, with this being Carlos Santana's last year of uh, his deal and him becoming a free agent, I mean, there's going to be a vacancy at first base, so. Uh, Nelly is going to get a chance to make the team next year. And if he doesn't, uh, Bobby Bradley might just uh, push him out of the out of the line. And then then Bobby will have a chance to, to make the team at some point. So um, I, I'm intrigued by by what happens. Uh, I mean, is Edwin going to have to play a lot of first base in the first half next year? I mean, what what's going to be happening there? But um, yeah, I, I do think that with the Bobby Bradley's continued drop in strikeout rate that he's going to be pushing for a chance in the majors. You know, I do have to imagine that Bradley hitting so well is kind of a relief to maybe the Indians front office a little bit <laughs> with how bad Nelly's been. The fact that Carlos is leaving from the majors, maybe they're okay with the first base situation now because after Bradley, I mean, 
who do you have for a long time? If Millie Rodriguez is this bad, it's kind of blank at first base for quite a while. So yeah, I think right everybody's now, happy that Bradley Bradley's hitting. You've got Anthony Miller at first base in Lynchburg, and he is not a prospect at all. Um, basically, Signar Flubstock's had to play a lot of first base. Um, and he's basically a, a catcher, but they just have like three catchers in Lynchburg. So they're just giving him a lot of playing time by moving him to other positions. Uh, Loopstock's even played in the outfield. Um, and then at Lane County, they have Tapia, who has like 20 home runs, but he's batting 220 and striking out like 35% of the time. Um, so he is like even, you know, people were freaking out about Bradley, but Tapia is at a, in a worse state in terms of everything else, all the peripherals than Bradley was. And then... Uh, the only real like prospect at first base other than Bradley is probably Ulysses Cantu. He's having a really nice comeback season with Mahoning Valley. Uh, he had a rough start when the Indians drafted him last year to do some injuries, but uh, that Mahoning Valley team is, I think, scary good with uh, the amount of prospects the Indians have on them on, on, on that team. And uh, Cantu is definitely one of the, the better hitting prospects there. So the next question from the the real Mason S kind of ties into this. He says, if, if Bobby Bradley comes up to Columbus soon, does that spell the end for Nelly Rodriguez? Uh, show signs of life, but he's been bad, which we've obviously mm-hmm. been talking about. So if Bradley comes up, I mean, there's nowhere to put Rodriguez because you're not going to bump him up if he's hitting like 160. So what does that mean if Bradley overjumps him? Uh, they've got DH, so that's probably what would happen because uh, Nelly was split in time with Chris Colabello, and they would basically... Sometimes they'd be both playing in the same game, one DH, one playing first. Sometimes they'd give uh, the guy the night off. So uh, if if and when Bobby Bradley gets promoted, that's probably what's going to happen uh, because Nelly's not ready to go to the Indians right now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Do you see Bradley at least making it to the, the Clippers this season? Um, It depends. He's never been promoted in season. Uh, well, he's only ever been promoted mid-season like one time, and it was only for like, <laughs> like one or two games when he went from Lake County to, to high a, uh, I mean, he spent his whole season in high a last year, even though he won the MVP award. So the Indians have been pretty careful with him and like slow and steady with his development. So, I mean, it, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if they'll even promote him to triple a this year. They might just want to leave him in double a all season and then have him start next year in triple a. So another one from the real Mason S. He also wants to know, can Ronnie, Rodri- Ronnie Rodriguez be a viable trade chip? Same question for Eric Stamets. I would say at this point, uh, Stamets is the more viable trade chip. I mean, Ronnie Rodriguez is a good player. He can hit with a bit of power, and he can play a ton of positions. But, I mean, he, he couldn't get the Indians' job out of spring training. And... I mean, it's, you know, if you can't get the utility job for the Indians, I mean, how much of a prospect are you? So, and then he couldn't get it even after they sent DFA'd Michael Martinez. So, um, I mean, he he still could potentially make it to the majors, but I don't think it'll be with the Indians. But in terms of trade value, it's very low. I think Stamets has a little bit more value after uh, the, the offensive season he's been putting out, like in terms of, uh, the power he's displayed, and he's always had a major league-ready glove on the infield. So uh, Stamets could have a little bit of trade value. And then, I mean, basically, in terms of trade value, all Indians shortstop prospects at 
from like high A and up should have good value because we kind of have somebody at shortstop right now. <laughs> you mean Eric Gonzalez, right? That, that guy at shortstop? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so our final question comes from Hurricane Jobu. He wants to know, Martin Cervenka has quietly had a breakout season. With no other catchers not named Mejia excelling, will he move up to double A? Well, I will have to disagree on no other catchers not named Mejia excelling. I mean, last week we were ranting and raving about Eric Haas at double A, who's leading all of double A in slugging percentage. And he's hit at least another home run this past week since then. Uh, he's got a, now a new career high of 18, and that's just past the midway point of the season. So, um, you know, Haas is definitely somebody that's raised their stock significantly. But Cervenka has had a nice season. There's actually a really nice article written about him uh, on minorleaguebaseball.com called uh, Hillcat Cervenka Marching Toward History because uh, he's out of, like, Czechoslovakia, and he'd be the first potential Czech Republic a uh, player since 1952, a guy that played for three games. <laughs> so, um, so you, you should definitely check that out. It's on milb.com. Uh, but uh, he deserves to be promoted. But the problem is, there's not a spot for him at Double A right now. Uh, Eric Haas and Francisco Mejia are probably the two best hitting catching prospects in the tribe system right now and they're both at double a and they're probably not getting promoted anytime soon because triple a is basically full of those guys that are just ready and the, the veterans that we didn't even draft that are just ready the second the indians have an injury it's like somebody they can be called up like an adam moore and eric kratz uh a jeremy lucas so uh it's it's tough uh there's like a conga line of catching prospects ready to get promoted of with Cervenka and Loopstock ready at double A. And then you've got Mejia and Haas ready or Mejia and Haas ready at double A. Sir Cervenka and Loopstock ready at high A and then Lijen Chu ready at single A. So uh, they're just waiting. And right now they're, it just it's not happening because triple A is full. So unless they decide to let you know, Eric Kratz go. He's 37 years old, uh, even though he's having a really good season. Um, unless they decide to let Eric Kratz and Adam Moore go, then there's no place for Cervenka to go. Yeah, unless they're really eyeing a catcher on the free agent market, they can just grab and bring in. I can't imagine they're going to let Moore or Kratz go because catchers are not great <laughs> and they tend to get injured. So if Gomes or Perez do, I imagine one of those two are going to get called up. And we've talked about Eric Haas a lot. I don't know if he's quite a known prospect yet. Like as just in a general fan audience, so maybe most people think it's just Mejia, but like you said, Eric Haas is a really good hitting catching prospect right now. So it's not quite as void as it used to be a catcher, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So Brian, uh, that's pretty much all for our show. Do you want to spoil something you told me before the uh, the episode? A couple interviews got coming up, or do you want to keep those as a surprise? I'll leave it up to you. Oh yeah, I can spoil because um, I mean I expect these all to, to take place in the near future. Um, first things first, I should be talking to Connor Capel, uh, very soon. And that will hopefully be on the Indians on Let's Go Tribe within the, the next week. And he is the only prep position player from last year's draft that started the season in full A, in full season baseball. 
So, and, and he's had a, a nice power showcase this season, a huge jump in home runs. Um, not hitting great, but, um, I mean, he's leading off right now for Lake County, which is pretty good. So I, I plan on speaking with him, and then I've got Brady Aiken in the works. I've got Greg Allen in the works. I've got, um, who else? Uh, Mitch Longo in the works. And I reached out to Mahoning Valley's uh, coordinator, so should potentially have some stuff for Mahoning Valley, and then might have some stuff with uh, even the Arizona Rookie League. I, I finally got a contact there, like their clubhouse coordinator or something. <laughs> just so, somebody over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I just sent an email today, so I'm waiting on a response there as well. So a lot of stuff in the works in terms of uh, interviews. So it's been a little, a little slow. We haven't had one since my Tristan McKenzie about three weeks ago, but there, there are more coming. <laughs> well, Brian, thank you. Uh, and as always, it was nice talking to you. See you next week. All right. See you next week. <laughs>